0: storm comes a tall handsome man in a dusty black colt with a red rat right hand
1: hello and welcome to 4000 and counting brought to you by hurricane e-bikes i'm what today i am joined by one of our highest ever listened to guests mr david sims himself simsy uh welcome back to 4000 and counting how have you been my friend one of who? who who, who got more Um, Our very first episode, when Bandy basically came on and was like, if you you haven't fucking heard of me, Google me. (laughs) I thought thought we were done after the first line of 4,000 counting. Mr. Michael Wales, actually. Muzzy's right up there, very popular boy, popular with all the fellas.
0: Let's see see what we can do today to uh, increase the audience. Let's do it.
1: So the Elite League has just wrapped up Belfast Giants a um, fantastic season for them. They, they finished yep. with a treble kind of probably I would be di- imagine disappointed for you guys and Sheffield not to pick up any silverware this year. What's a what's a,
0: the feeling that the dust settled a few weeks into the off season? Exactly. As you said, very disappointed that we didn't pick up any silverware. You don't have a divine right. Um, and we've done very well in the past, but we haven't done it very well in the immediate, just the last couple of years. And, um, when Aaron joined us, there was a big gap between ourselves, Cardi from Belfast. And, Aaron, you know, we'd finished seventh. Um, Paul had left us halfway through the year. Then the Barrasso experiment didn't work. So, Aaron, if you like, had that experiment. You know, we had that job to close the gap. We won the uh, Challenge Cup his first year. Then COVID struck. And in the last couple of years, we've been there and then just faded at the end. So um we rebuild again now. You know, the, the work has started. We all meet um i don't know when this will this will air but we all meet on wednesday for a if you like a big club wow. aaron's been away we've signed a couple of guys we're yet to announce so uh, we we go again you know it doesn't stop i mean when i first started you did it for 30 weeks you had 15 weeks off and then you had Back six weeks it. building up and then off you went but now it it, it doesn't stop it's 24 7 every day
1: Talking of signings, you've just re-signed your goalie, which for me is probably the signing of the off-season so far that anybody in the Elite League done. What a bit of business that is. How good was he for someone who, well, the word on the street is he wasn't supposed to be the star,
0: and he's come in and played 53 games and was absolutely lights out. Lights out. And you know what? Top, top bloke as well. Um, And almost like a normal bloke. Which for goalies, no, not, not like is, a goalie, no. He's not, he's not normal. <laughs> and you're right, he came in to share the duties. I mean, Oscar stuns was signed, was actually signed very early last summer. Um, we didn't announce him till a lot later, but he was signed early. Um, super fella. Um, and then played a couple of exhibitions. They split they split the exhibition games, and then uh, our very first league game on the Saturday morning, <clears throat> home to Cardiff, um, is in the stretch room, does some star jumps catches his thumb in the pocket of his trouser, Oh no. right? Yeah. And as innocuous as that, he was supposed to start that night and never played a game for us from that day onwards. Something that we wouldn't normally
1: ask him, because I never normally get the chance, but you're behind the scenes and you see the, the comings and goings. Obviously, in the in the national league, we saw like injuries to Ross Bowers, where he lost his eye, and, yeah. and other right. injuries. Aidan Doughty broke his back, and like there's been some, there's been some legit injuries over yeah, the years. Injury, yeah. What um what what happens insurance wise? Obviously, he's due. He's got a year's contract he signed with the Steelers. He's due to then line them
0: up and there's play two different types of insurance. Oh, okay. There is medical insurance. So, like for example, if a guy below his back, he'd be completely looked after. Yeah. Um, salary insurance
1: Yeah.
0: when again when i started we used to pay a fortune for salary insurance i don't think any club would have salary insurance now they'd oh, okay. se- they'd self-insure so oscar was paid all the way through oh fantastic uh, yeah mason mitchell got injured paid all the way through um uh, sebastian Pichet injured paid all the way through so nobody misses a penny and pay and that's not just us that'd be any one of the 10 teams oh that's really good uh, yeah that, that's anyway it's not good of us it's Right. Yes. So, yeah. Because you you wouldn't sign another player if you didn't do that. Um So, so yes, they're, they're, the salaries would be self-insured. Some clubs might have some insurance. that helps them, but I tell you, you could you could have like three or four players down for the whole year for with the cost of what the premium would be. Terrific. But as far as like getting fixed up, we're all uh, we're all we're all covered um for that. And so, for example. Pichet gets injured, goes and gets scans, goes and gets repaired. Mitchell, exactly the same. Oscar, exactly the same. Um, and, of course, now a lot of us have full-time medical teams. Yep. So we have a full-time strength and conditioning coach, and we have a full-time um, physio. Um, we have a doctor on call 24-7. Do so you want to
1: shout those guys out? Who's the strength and conditioning coach after Sheffield now?
0: You, you remember the lad we used to have, uh, Danny Moyer? It's his brother, we, isn't uh, it? Mike. Yeah, Big Mike. Yeah, perfect. Uh, Big Mike. Yeah, you don't want to mess with Big Mike. Alfie uh, came from Coventry. Um, we we experimented with a couple of different ways of doing physio, and then we just decided that um, it would be the best way to go full-time. Uh, and Alfie had been working with um, Nicky at uh, Coventry Brilliant. and came up, and him and his girl came up and work full-time for us now. So our backroom staff is, is terrific. And then, of course, led by Andy Akers, who has been there since day one, who's... The best equipment guy by a country mile in the world. I mean, he's the one person in our league that should be in the NHL. Oh, yeah. Anybody says to me, <clears throat> Do you think anybody could, yeah, who should be in the show? I go, Yeah, that ginger gingerhead bloke there who's sewing up a glove or who's repairing a scat. There's nothing he can't fix, nothing he can't do, and he 100% should be in the NHL.
1: So, uh, this is something else that the fans probably won't know, but i I these. People then salaried, so your, your equipment manager and people yeah. like that. Because obviously, in my day in the EPL, yeah, 52 we,
0: weeks
1: ago, we chucked them, you know, the boys used to chuck them some dough, but it was very much for the love of the game. And it's, I don't think you realize how much shit these boys and girls do
0: until you're around it all the 30 time. 30 to 40, 30 to 40,000 steps a day, Andy does in the arena. Yep. Um, and what, what a game! Day. What about a game day practice? All of it. It's That's, just it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, every day. Uh, I mean, like he's is a, a, a monster of a man, and you he, he have he you have to be. And as he gets older, you think to yourself, "Crikey, you know, we're going to have to bring some young pup in." And of course, the young pups don't want to probably work as hard as Andy. Probably Andy does No, but no, no, no they're all, all all salaried. I mean, they're all full time, It's their job. Um, it's a so bit I'm different like, with the players now, though.
1: The uh, with the equipment managers are they a bit more like here than when you first came in? I imagine it was four oh. cans, a bit four cans of beer in the store yeah. after practice. Yeah, no. Right. Look...
0: Sorry, yeah, but some, but some of them. Are, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm I'm sure at Christmas Andy still gets an envelope, and I'm sure at the end of the year, um, the boys throw Andy some, you know, a tip. You know, yeah. I'm sure that still that still happens, and our boys look after Andy well. And when we have to go to, if we ever have to go to Ice Sheffield. So, for example, if we play on a Saturday at home, but then there's a show at the arena on a Sunday, we have to move all our gear on the Saturday night. We have to empty the arena. And our boys muck in. They're good lads. And they uh, they, they muck in Mike and, uh, and and Alfie in particular. And then, of course, we have the two coaches. We have Aaron and Carter. So the off-ice, Aaron, Carter, Andy, Mike, and uh, and Alfie, they're, they're full Fifty-two week of the year, full-time paye paid. Yet yeah, they're proper employees. Do you have any? <laughs> it's, it's changed. Yeah, yeah, it's changed. Changed. It's changed, changed, changed. Yeah. Do you have
1: any full-time scouts or anything like that, or do you have anyone you're working with in Europe and North America
0: that are maybe send them players or saying you should be having a look at this guy, that guy? I think I think as a club, I'd have to say no. Um, but I think every coach has his contacts, so we don't we don't have a full time. For example, when Tomo. Was coaching. I know a lot of the guys that were doing the juniors when we were looking for the next Liam Kirk to come through when we started the apprenticeship program. I think one of them recommended that young Tetlow who came and trained with us for a little bit, but then the apprenticeship thing never worked out for him. Um, So I think it all depends a little bit on the coach. But I mean, Aaron is. I think I've got a lot of numbers in this thing. He's got a lot of numbers. He's connected. Every country, every league, every level, he knows people, and um, yeah. So, we're, we're, if, if somebody's good coming through, we know about them. Yeah.
1: And well, we were I'm like, we were, we were
0: at like, Sheffield last, you know, last couple of days. We've been keeping an eye on the events at, uh, at their draft tournaments there, and so we, we we do keep an eye on everything that goes on. Yes. What did you make of the
1: tournament up there the weekend? Obviously, it's the first time it's been done since conference. They have changed it to showcase.
0: What was the talent level like? Oh, i mean, the place was oh, really full. and I tell you it was a bit of a who's who Jason Stone was there, his kids saw <laughs> sort of life for the first time in years, his yeah. kids. Um uh, of course Jonathan Phillips, the night after yep. his midnight, he's there with uh with, with his boys as well. <clears throat> and good luck to him. God bless him. And let's hope there's the next Jonathan Phillips in in that bunch. Uh well we need him somewhere. Bunch, uh, that's right. No, they've got to come from somewhere. No, you got, don't
1: to... make them like that anymore, though. I don't think so, if I'm, if I'm dead well, you know honest. Broke,
0: you know he broke his wrist yeah. against Lithuania. But yeah. breaking a wrist is nothing to Jono. I mean, he had a, a chest problem. He had some ligament problems in his chest um, last year. Um, Took a game off, which was unheard of for Jono. Um, a, 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 whole, a whole game. A whole game, yeah. Then they thought they, they were sure it was ligament. And they're working, so they're giving everything they've got, pushing on his cheek. You know, they're trying to loosen everything up and whatever. And he goes in and he goes, I think I need another scan. This doesn't feel quite right. He's got two broken ribs and a broken sternum. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And they went, well, that's like six weeks off. And he goes, well, I've had four since the injury, so that's two. I'll take this weekend off and then I'll be back. I mean, unbelievable. uh, Yeah. I mean, you talk about... you come on podcasts and different things these days, and they all go, oh, "Who's the best player you've ever seen? Who's the toughest guy you've ever seen?" I'll tell you what, toughness isn't necessarily Dennis Vial, Mike. Where toughness can be, Jonathan Phillips, and I'll tell you, there ain't a t- I ain't met a tougher bloke than Jonathan Phillips in my life. He's um, and I've never met a finer human being. Uh, he's a he's a first class, as you know. You know, yeah, he's, he's a great and, guy. Uh, he's, he's he's top. And, um, I'm I excited wasn't... for his next career for him. I was speaking yeah.
1: to him about it in Nottingham and you could you could feel in his energy and the way he's talking about it and getting to work with these kids and for them, it's going to be fantastic. They get to work with a superstar athlete.
0: Well, John only knows sorry, one but... way. He only knows one way and that's 100% and it doesn't matter whether he's putting the bins out, he does it 100% right or he's playing hockey, he does it 100% right. I wasn't very well on... Um, on the night of the big game, I watched the first two periods at home, and then I went up to bed and put it on. And then when they presented him with the uh, the ring at the end, and they said Andy Buxton, it was, which is oh, you better take a look up on the screen, and you could see Jono's lip yeah. going. I'm going to be honest, I, went. Went, I think, went. I think
1: I think I, met, I think many people across the country probably did at the exact yeah. same
0: time. I saw, him on, I saw him on Saturday. I said, "You bastard!" I said, the <laughs> went. "I said I went with you," and he was, "Oh my god!" He said it was a bit emotional and. Uh, Terrific, terrific. The send-off he had in Sheffield was amazing. It was. Uh, Tony and the club was brilliant to him and the fans all waited. And oh, it's been a what a career that lad has had.
1: What I think a he was still signing we autographs outside the arena until Tuesday, wasn't he? Oh, it was <laughs> lunacy.
0: Lunacy. Um yeah, and like he got his card. You know, we tried to make it as big and as good as he possibly could. And we found a number plate that had got his initials, 20. GB everything just fitted perfectly, and and it's not just him. You know, like his mum lives up. She's come from Cardiff. I really, uh, yeah. Oh God, the, the whole family have come up. Kirsty's wife is a lovely woman. Lovely woman. um His kids are great. His mum's up here. Uh, her parents have come up as well. Okay, I mean, like, half a while decided to <laughs> um, I think we've lost six season tickets with him retiring. She, yeah, what know? are you going to do? <laughs> I tell you what. You know, when I was walking around. The, I Sheffield um, on, on on Saturday, I did think to myself, ice hockey UK, English ice hockey station, whoever. Why are some why are we letting Jonathan Phillips walk into school, into education? Why are we doing that? Why has our governing body not got Not a chance of you doing that. You're gonna be in charge. You're gonna drive around, you're gonna go to, get a, you know grimsby one day you're going to get a bail the basing so the next day you're going to go you're going to go wherever you're going to you're going to go and give your influence to all these junior clubs all these clubs you're going to try and develop something why you know because it wouldn't cost a lot of money because they, hmm? they can only see to here, Simz. they can only see to
1: here. they can't see the wood for the trees they're never looking they they're, they're see never see looking that. over they're never looking yeah. over there
0: I can say that for, I don't think I can say that far. I mean, we all talk about it, don't we? We all sit in the bath and we all think if our six numbers came up, what we do and whatever. And that's why I give Danny Myers a ton of credit. I saw yeah. Danny on Saturday as well. Wow. We all talk about it, but Danny, and I know Danny can split opinions. Um, I like Danny. I'll put my I card on the table. I I like him. He's a top laddie. But he went and put his house on the line, his parents Everson, on the Everson. line, everything on the line, because he thought this was the way to do it. And heaven forbid anybody stands in his way now, he's going to run them over, and rightly so, because every morning when he goes to work, he looks at his own house, he looks at his folks' house, and he thinks, this has to work. Okay, and yeah. it's that focus of the mind, and I give him credit for that and all power to him, because uh, top bloke, top bloke.
1: He's got a good team down there with Loppy and Forby and um, the, other, the other guys, it's... Honestly, Cindy, it's exactly what this country needs. I know Danny's potentially going to get a second venue, which I imagine then leads to a third. And if we can get these dotted around the UK, you know, 10, 15 of them in the next 10 or 15 years. If you put someone like Danny in that vicinity, so if it's up your neck of the woods, it's Jono or Huey or whoever it is, you're putting these like
0: GB legends almost. In- do, you mean, do you mean like actually putting somebody with hockey experience into yes, a hockey Yes, that's company? what I mean, that's yeah. What I it's, I mean, yeah. That's a strange thought, isn't it? Eh? You don't think any of the associations would have thought of that?
1: Well, this is the thing that uh, I'm always uh, amused by and I don't understand. You look at all these top brasses in both organisations, they haven't got a fucking game between them. They've not really been involved to any sort of real degree of whether it be Elite League, EPL, National League, BNL whatever, any of the leagues that we've had, Super League, GB, they've never really been you know, amongst it, but they're there to hand, hand out the medals and the handshakes and, you know, do, or do as all I the... saw
0: on, Or as I saw on one of your videos, I didn't quite understand it, but as I saw on one of your videos, not hand out the medals. On... Oh my God, how bad
1: is that? <laughs> Cindy, bad. how bad is, have you ever seen, like, poor oh. guys,
0: they've just lost, and they've had to skate up, fucking shake hands
1: with somebody, and then get their picture taken with nothing. It, I felt, like Solent aren't my favourite club, but that doesn't matter. I felt disrespected on their behalf, right? I was like, how are you doing that to those lads? They've just bad knocked manners. their pan in for a whole season. Just bad manners. Terrible manners. Just bad manners. Just <laughs> bad bad manners. But it's okay, their medals got stuck at customs. It's fine. Then do something. I was like, well, get some get some other ones. Yeah. Give them something. Yeah. Don't just leave them stood there. It was it was poor and it's and it's just not it's not just the, the medals. Like, we don't give a shit about getting a second place medal. Don't make us look stupid. And if you're trying to make this game professional and you're trying to to make it good for the viewer, you're charging for streams, you're doing all these things, then just at the very, very least, treat the lads with some respect.
0: Yeah. No, no. agree. I agree. And God
1: knows what it's like in the women's, if that's what the men's is like. And God knows what they're like in the women's hockey. Yeah.
0: Because, you know, no they will be, en- got- you know be an afterthought. Yeah, well, there were some girls playing um, Saturday or so, and they were flying around. Yeah, we've got one, some good young kids there. There was one lad, and I can't remember his name, he wore seven. He played for Team Phillips. He was a little kid. I think he came out of Chelmsford, somebody told me. <laughs> Holy Jesus. Got a bit about him? <laughs> oh, got a lot about him. He must have scored four in five minutes that I saw him play. And they're all different. He shot top shelf, dances everybody. Yeah, so obviously he's a, he's a budding young lad at, at his age group. And hopefully that develops because it's only when they go up the age groups and they start meeting people at their own levels that they they find out whether they've really got it or not. But.
1: And that's why these events are crucial. So we're getting
0: these best kids playing against each other. And I went up to Newcastle, where it must be six, seven, eight years ago, um, and they were talking about an under-20s league whereby... Say, for example, Sheffield and Nottingham and Coventry, we got together. So our best under-20s were playing out of those three facilities. That's one team. And then yeah. maybe down Cardiff, Guildford, whatever yeah. team, and Scotland. It might have only been four teams, but then once a month they met, so the best under-20s were playing. Great idea. Uh, It was a great idea. And the Ice Soccer UK chairman at the time, whose name escapes me, um, thought it was a good idea. And Paul Thompson and I went up to Newcastle to kind of pitch the idea, if you like. Um, Scotland went, oh, no, too much travel. No, our kids, they train too much as it is. And and then the English Association, oh, no, we're going to upset people. How do we pick it? And they found they were always looking for a reason for it. How do you pick it? You pick the best fucking kids. Well pick the best was, ones that's what it's about Scotland was the one that amazed me because Scotland was just oh no there's too much travel for our kids and, and our kids play enough as it is and you know what they've got exams and they've got this and they've got that well then they don't have to fucking go they can be somebody else no. Um, that's but, a great but, point if, if, there'll be a kid
1: that there's a kid on that yeah, cusp I mean, right now who would be chopping your arm off to get that that last spot on the team
0: that's right and then the elite clubs were going to look after the four clubs and it was all going to kind of work around that uh Work around that way. Would love but, to see uh, it, Simzy. Yeah. I don't think I don't think we should be putting a, a pin in that idea. I think we should be rolling
1: that back out to to Clifton and the new the new chairman at the
0: Ice Hockey. I met UK. him for the first time yesterday. Actually, seemed you know shook his hand, had two minutes with him, but um, obviously he's got his his ideas and his people at the moment. So we'll we'll see where he comes out with that. What sort of
1: relationship do the Elite League and Ice Hockey UK have? Obviously, nothing to do with the IHA, but what's the relationship between the? the league itself and
0: yeah. I UK. They, they communicate. They communicate. That's good. Um, the, it's not, it, it's, I mean, we don't agree on everything and we come up different angles from, from things, but, but no, Tony, Todd, Todd and Steve Thornton and Tony are the ones that kind of do the talking, you know, to the league. I know um Todd was at a meeting with, with Clifton and, and, and several others. Um, Three weeks ago, the week before the playoffs, um, I know Tony, as a Tony and Clifton have a communication between the two of them. So no, there is there is that there, and I'm sure there's a willingness on both sides for to work together. We all want our independence, but we'll work you know work together to try and do what we can do to need to do it. Can you roll back to Jonathan Phillips real quick? Because there was a question I wanted to ask,
1: and I don't really know how you answer it.
0: How do you replace Jonathan Phillips? Oh, you don't. (laughs) You don't. No, he can't be replaced. You're just going to not by certainly not by one person. Um, No, it'd be very it'd be very interesting. And we've lost. um, We also lost Brendan Connolly.
1: Yes, who
0: who was a uh, a guy who made people accountable and was what you and I would call old school. Um, So there's a couple of there's a couple of big holes there that uh, have have got to be filled. Poor old Cons. Got hurts the season before. And at 37, the rebuilding of the knee, we we hoped it would all be well in August, September, and it probably took – he played, uh, but it probably took November, December for it to properly come back. And then at the end of the year, he was terrific, one of our better players. But as a human being, as an individual, it's funny, isn't it? You hear things about players at different clubs and different places. And when Aaron first mentioned Brendan Connolly to me, I thought, Oh, they didn't like him in Belfast. I'd heard something in the past they didn't like him in Belfast. And um, I was told he was trouble. I was told he was a bit gobby. I was told he was. And uh, I found Pete Russell and Zach Vich gerald up, who'd had him in uh, Brayard. Yep. He's brilliant. You'll love it. And they went, you'll love him. You'll love him. He's, he's right up your street. And I remember walking into the dressing room, first time I mentioned, met him, and you you kind of feeling it a little bit. What a top! T- In thirty-one years, there ain't been a better bloke walking our room than him. There's been some like lads good, good as him, but there ain't been a better bloke walking our room than him. Absolutely, so, gave it every night, made people accountable. Um, just a top, top bloke, and uh, I won't have a bad word said about him. He was terrific. You touched on the fact that the Brasso experiment
1: didn't really work out. What was it like having him oh, around easy. the club? Because obviously. Nobody saw that move come in. He came out, out of left field. You guys bring him in. It didn't really go to plan. What was uh, what was it like having him there? Did you
0: ever meet him? No, I didn't. No, I didn't meet him. You, you never miss much. You never miss much. <laughs> really? Uh it was different. Well, obviously, I remember pulling up Southern Road Ward End to evaluation in Birmingham. And uh, the phone rang and it was Paul Thompson. And he goes, listen, I just thought you'd better be the first to know I've just spoken to Tony and we've parted waves. I thought, oh, Jesus, because I'm obviously I'm a big Tomo, man. Yeah. And uh, I said, I'll speak to you after I come out this valuation. So I went in the valuation, I came back, spoke to Paul, spoke to Tony. Tomo had obviously um, had, had said enough's enough. Um, so I'm thinking, who the hell do we get now? And I phoned Gary Sago up, who was an agent, I because I hadn't done any recruiting for – three or four years, um, having done basically the majority of the recruiting for the previous 15. So Gary was somebody who'd always looked after us well. Um, and he said, I'll send you three or four names uh, through of coaches who were out there. And I looked at these three or four names. And obviously, you, you Barasso, Barasso, I know that name. I know that. that. Holy Jesus, that's a Pittsburgh goalie, Barasso. So I phoned Gary, did a bit of talking. He says, David, he's a different bird, but I think he'd be perfect for you. I'm like, okay.
1: He's gonna say that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well he's uh but so I, I ran Ken Priestley, the Messiah. remember the Messiah, the Messiah. Ken Priestley, yeah, who played with uh with Tom. Um and Ken gave very glowing references about him. Um probably do that when he wins your Stanley Cup, right? That's right. Too,
1: too, <laughs> yeah, yeah, too. You probably um, you probably like him quite a lot.
0: But there was a there was a few people who said hey, he's a different duck. He's he's a different duck, he's he's a little bit out there, he's a bit strange. But we needed Something to get the fans on side, you know we're going through a bad spell the name we sp- he, he interviewed brilliantly well um so then I went to the ownership and said, listen here's a list of three coaches we could bring in however this guy's probably your name guy Tony rang him over a couple of nights did a deal with him he came in he was just very oh it's very different um
1: what do you mean when you say like you say it seems a bit strange do, but they, Oh do he's very
0: he's very offish, he'd walk past you one year time a day.
1: Oh really? Just
0: heading down. his <laughs> head in his coffee, you know, just walking down. Yeah. Hey, tell us a Marielle Lemieux story. No. no oh really? No. Um That's no, just no, that's strange. Really because. No and, and, and little things like, can you sign this Pittsburgh Top? No. I go back home and they pay me to sign Pittsburgh Tops. And uh, he was yeah, he was a different bird, uh, Johnny Big Wheel. Yeah, but and of course he was Johnny Big Wheel, and he and I go yeah, we, we went up to Scotland. once says, Have you ever been to Scotland before? Yes, me and a few buddies. We hire a plane and we fly in once a year to play sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like so he was uh, he was, but I mean the most immaculate bloke I've ever met in my life. Oh, yeah.
1: so
0: tell you a good Robert Dowd story. We're in the dressing room. And Davy Phillips, Jonathan Phillips, Rob, uh, Davy Phillips, Jonathan Phillips, Tom Brass, and myself. And uh, they're talking about Tom saying, "I'm thinking they're getting a new suit. I think I'm going to go have one damn made in Savile Row. I'm going to go down to London get fitted up." Daddy comes out the to showers, towel round him. You know, looks like a goddess. Yeah, you know, shredded, very oh, nice, shredded. Yeah. And he ha- he hasn't heard the Savile Row bit. And Daddy comes up and he just goes, "Tom, if you go to Meadow uh, such and such they're doing two suits for 99 quid <laughs> <laughs> but uh tom then would go down and had his four fittings and uh i mean personally i i asked him questions he gave me answers we never had a row he was he was he was okay with me but he was it was it was difficult he wasn't for our league um and then at the end of the year he come well before the end of the year we said listen what are your plans for next year And he just goes, well, I won't even talk about next year till July, August, which was a blessing for us because that meant, well, Tom, we've got to employ somebody now, so I'm ever so sorry. See you later. Um, And that's when we found Aaron.
1: Aaron, obviously, he had KHL experience and stuff like that, which makes it a lot easier for you guys to sign him and bring (laughs) him
0: in. Yeah, I mean, the good thing with Aaron was he was in... um, Oh, God, where does he leave? Um, He's a grab. He's a grab Um, because Zagreb had just gone tits up. And we'd brought John Armstrong back from Zagreb. So I'd rang. I'd spoken to Aaron to do the deal to bring John back. Um, And then we brought another chap back from there. His name escapes me at the moment. Um, Not the greatest of players, but he, he filled a roster spot for us and he came in. And then when I'm speaking to the agents again, we're talking about coaching and recruitment and because that's the big thing. When a coach comes into this cl- country, he has to do the recruitment. Um, Yeah. There's no GM there signing all your guys for. Yeah. All, these, all these GMs in the league aren't real GMs, like North American GMs. Are they're they're just, more like directors they of hockey. they have just, they've just deve- they're just, no, they're more like office managers. They're more like managing directors. Um, That's what they'd be called in any other walk of life. But because it's hockey, oh, I'm the GM. Um and very few GMs. I'm sure Steve Thornton, I'm sure Todd Kelman, I'm sure now Omar Pasha gets involved in bits of yeah. But Andy Buxton's the GM, if you like, of the Coventry players. I'm sure he doesn't hasn't recruited a player in 25 years. Yeah, so it's Danny Stewart who has to do that. Um and it's predominantly the coach that does the recruiting. And Tom never picked a picked a phone up to an agent in all the time he was in. In, in Sheffield, you know, when we were trying to find players, it, because he would just wanted to be a coach, which is like a lot of the coaches in Europe yeah. do. So, um, and we knew that when he came in, so there was there was no there was no issues on on that kind of thing there. And then the one agent said, "Well, you've spoken to Aaron Fox, haven't you? Because you've signed a couple of his players. He's really connected. He's a great recruiter. He's coached. Um, he's played at a higher level." And we have done Zoom interviews like you and I are doing now with, yeah. with numerous people. Um, and we got a couple of guys in mind. And then one Saturday I was, I was actually in the car park at Nottingham and the agent rang me and said, I can't believe you haven't rang Aaron Fox yet. I said, I'll ring him now. <laughs> uh, I, stand, I miss a period. I stay on the phone. I ring Aaron and we chat, we chat, we chat. And he's only in Zagreb and he's got no work. We were playing the following Wednesday at home to Glasgow. Um, so then I phoned Tony. I said, Tony, does this guy, everybody keeps telling me we should be speaking to this guy. I've just rang him, comes across well. He's also worked in for a club in Zagreb where you haven't just coached, you know, you've ordered the bus, you've done lots of other mucking in things. I said, "He's gonna, you know, he, he could fit in well. He's just interviewed very well. And he goes, okay, well, when we all meet on Wednesday, We'll zoom him. I said he's on in Zagreb, Two hundred and sixty-eight quid return.
1: That's good, climb goes, Let's
0: bring him in. Let's bring him in. We brought him in. Um, we interviewed him face to face in the morning, and within five minutes, you knew you he was your guy.
1: That was your guy right there. Yeah.
0: We get we then go and get beat six or seven nil by Glasgow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a ruin of the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he, but he was he was there for that, and um, and God, he grafts. He done half graft. Seven every morning to whatever time at night, um, and I and I get it. He hasn't had the results that lots of people would have wanted, but he's he's got a enough no. in the, he's got enough credit in the bank right now because he's a first class human being. He's a good coach. We have no problems with the players with him about the coaching. Um, he's honest. He hasn't cheated us out of a penny. He's a, he's, a, he's a good man, and that relationship between owner and coach is very important and they have a very good relationship. I mean, Tony's a firm bloke. He he, he rides everybody who works for him pretty hard, um, and, and Aaron is no exception. Um, and, the, and you can imagine at the end of last year, there was conversations that took place. Some top, about, top conversations, sort of tough, I imagine. very tough. Now we, eight o'clock one morning in the arena, Tony, Sean and myself with Aaron and Carter and Mike, and yeah, no good, but, but honest, proper conversations between six blokes all trying to find the right answer. Not them and us, not it's your It's not fault. a pissing it's contest, fault. is it? No, not at all. It's like, right, what are we going to do? Something's wrong here. Are we being too soft on the players? Are we being too hard on the players? Are the players not good enough? Are the players this, that and the other? Are they too old? Are they too younger? What's the issue? Let's work together. And that's one thing, in all fairness, Sheffield's always done, especially since Tony's been there. We do all drive the bus in the same direction. And there is not a blaming competition anywhere along the lines um we are all in it together and aaron's will help us with our job we try and help him with it we do whatever's needed in in whatever area um and yeah that's why there was no way he was he was getting moved on i know a lot of a lot of noise was out there that he was going to get moved on he wasn't going to get moved on so
1: obviously twitter has its benefits it has its negatives but one of the things that was Pretty common is that what you're saying. There's a lot of fans in the, the Fox out brigade, and there I don't know. If, I, but there I don't know the same
0: people in the Tomo out brigade, in the Barasso out brigade. In
1: the, yeah, you know, I was just going to ask you, I like uh, maybe it's just me paying attention more this year, maybe I'm bang on. But the elite league fans are fucking mental. Some of them are crazy losers who their whole life it just seems to be. Going to watch one game a week and then going on Twitter and acting like the biggest dickheads on the planet. Some of the stuff they say that you can tell they've never been around a player or a room or a guide or
0: just some of it's outrageous. 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 And some of them don't go to one game a week. I mean, yeah, that's their worst. We have, a, we have a couple. We have a couple who are like very anti, uh, anti Fox, anti Sims, anti Smith, anti Steelers. But I'm a Steelers fan who haven't been in the ring for years, or they turn up once or twice a year. Um, the, the ones that are always, uh, I, I always find amusing, are the ones that don't put their real name. Oh, i hate that, um, but I know who they are. Oh, that's even <laughs> And then, but I, I, so I stand out. So, a seven o'clock game on a Saturday, I'll be stood outside at five o'clock till half past six, selling 50 50 tickets. We have a great team of volunteers and they're all spread out around the arena, around the car parks, and we're, we're doing that. And these people come to me with a smile on your face. Hey, you Simsy, how are you? You're okay. Great game, Saito. We win. Oh, we were unlucky last night, weren't we? Oh, there's my fiver. Thanks very much. To me face, like the nicest bloke in the world. I'm thinking, you little shit, you're the one who's like fighting <laughs> threads off, but you're, you've got a false name. And there's loads of them like that that uh, to your face are absolutely uh, terrific. But as soon as they get on the
1: screen. Uh, they, I have a rule, mate. I have a rule. If you don't have a real name and you don't have a picture of you as your fucking screen name, we just block you straight away. you <laughs> just block. Oh, I've got yeah. no time for that. Like, if you yeah, want to come we, on and call all. me all the names under the sun, Tell me my podcast shits. Tell me how the shit player. If you do that as John Smith and a picture of John Smith, fair play. I do. I have no, no issue. Like absolutely 100%. fine. But if you're doing it as John the posty 4719 or whatever, and you've got a picture of a postman and you're coming on and telling me
0: I'm all the dickheads. Yeah. I'm just going to block it. Like, I've got zero time. Yeah. No, no, there's uh, toxic. There's so much of that. There's so much of that. Do you, mean, players, Do you find any of oh, that goes back to the players, Simsy? Do you find any of the players getting, getting slagged yeah. and slayed? 100%. People? No, 100%. We warn our players. Right at the start of the year, we say we have a brilliant fan base, the most incredible fan base. But because it's such a big fan base, the law of averages is we have a few idiots as well.
1: Yeah,
0: and they will, they'll find you on Twitter, on Instagram, on, on whatever. Just be careful. Don't give too much out there because otherwise it will come back and hurt you at the end. Um, and most, I think, most of the players are pretty good now on on, on that kind of stuff. Some guys love the social media. Valoran Marco loves it, and he's he's big onto the the social media. You win if you, you, you look like that guy. No? Yeah. To be fair, yeah. that's <laughs> Yeah. If you look um, like him, um, social
1: media is probably pretty good to you.
0: Yeah, but and but then there are some that are just they keep it very private and uh, they're, they're sensible kids. And we, what about? we keep it away from them.
1: What about in and, in and around the arenas and stuff like that? So, obviously, back in my day when the EPL, whether you played home or away, you would then meet the fans for a pint after you got go up and you'd say hello and you'd sign the kids' autographs and stuff like that. I know the game's got a lot more professional now, but
0: is there still situations where the fans and the players are mixing and the... Yeah, God, my God, we... I mean, look at our business. Look at our business model right now with, with, with fans. Um, there is a lot of interaction. Seven o'clock game on a Saturday... Three o'clock, O will arrive. And by three thirty, the other push ups in the fucking car park getting yeah, ready. That's right. It's, it's <laughs> and then by three thirty, four o'clock, the other there'll be there be, be hundreds of people outside waiting for them to come in. Um, and then when you go out at night, hundreds of people. And we do fan events, pool nights, you know, all, all the stuff that all all you guys used to do, and still and it still happens. What doesn't happen now is if i if i remember back to 91 92 93 when we first started in sheffield there's a pub directly opposite the road yeah and we'd come out of that we would go into there and we'd have a beer yeah like you would have done yeah. in all exactly exactly, that. exactly um that doesn't happen now at the end of the game i mean for a player now end of the game they'll go into the sponsors lounge i do different things on the players bench Michael Connor does lots of stuff in the sponsors lounge um Mike Mara's there, he's doing his warm downs, he's doing the cold baths, he's doing guys on the bikes, he's doing all the stuff that he's doing. Um, and then when they've done that, they wander off into like a, a, a an eating area, and the chefs from the arena have cooked them the chicken, the pasta, the potatoes, there, whatever.
1: That's brilliant. Yeah. That like oh, no, it is,
0: it is. And the referees get that as well, and they, you know, when they, um, yeah, two power plays a meal it costs them. Well,
1: that's what. Every, there, there's the other thing that happens on the weekly. And uh, even though I've played for fucking a dozen teams, I never watch a game going. Oh, I hope Swindon win. I hope Belfast win. Like I, I watch them as neutral, which means I have no horse in the race. And obviously, I've played. I can tell you when a ref is good. I can tell you when a ref's bad. The amount of people that talk about oh, well, Tony Smith must have bought this. And, the Sheffield Steelers run the fucking elite league refs and all this shit every week. I'd be at that game and go, we had a fucking cracking game. Like the ref was great. Didn't make it. That was a, that was a penalty. That what your guy did was a penalty. Like what their guy did was a clean hit. You're just you. They've got this narrative that they tend to run with.
0: Do you, you see a lot of that as well? Listen, Tony. Tony Smith is possibly the hardest working bloke I know. He's the best boss I've ever had, and Tony. He's got Rhino, you know, the the clothing shirts. Uh, He's got the sports bar next door, and he's got the Steelers. And I wouldn't say he does a lot of work on any one of the three of them because the majority of his time he's trying to make sure our league is run. Unpaid. It's an unpaid position. And the crap and the shit and the mess and things he has to sort out all the time. Him Him and Todd Kelman basically run our league, and without the two of them, um we'd be um we'd be we'd be lost and when you I mean fortunately Tony's got rhinoceros skin so he doesn't he doesn't really bother him too much that Tony paid the refs or Tony owns the league or Tony does it trust me if Tony owned the league we'd have won a bit more in the last few you years have a couple,
1: couple of more <laughs> trophies in the cabinet
0: yeah we'd have we'd have been on that but um no the work he does is terrific in ensuring that that things happen and the playoffs is Todd's baby um uh, yeah, so no, it's uh, some of the some of the crap that you you read and you hear on on that is, is lunacy. But we try and treat the referees well. They you know they have a no nice dressing room and they 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 don't just get a stale sandwich. They they get chicken and vegetables and potatoes and and whatever they, whatever they want in the um, in in the area. And some of the guys go, listen, boys, we've got we we just want to shoot off. We don't want to sit and eat. That's okay. Well, Bill pack it up for you. There you go. Off your troubles. Thank you very much for coming. How have you I mean, found the standard of the officiating this year? It's just so inconsistent, isn't it? That's yeah. that's the biggest problem. It's so inconsistent, and um, yeah, that that that's the that, that's the biggest issue. We had Toby Craig come down for the uh, for the playoff game. Toby, obviously, we're up in Scotland. We don't see a lot of him, so he came down and he was uh, he got a couple of Scottish officials with him, and he was sending me all these text messages about partners coming and would there be a ticket. I'm thinking, you're getting a bit worried about all this. I've sorted it out. I've texted you back once to say, yeah, sorted, don't worry, Toby. You come around the back, you get the private car park, you come in. And anyway, they came in and we got them access. And everything went well. Fed them and did everything. And then I got a text the next morning off him saying, I oh, can't believe how well you treated us officials, but even more so how you treated the officials' partners and wives and how they were well looked after. And you think, well, That's just normal. That's what we do. We try and do that. And Sheffield gets a bad rap for a lot of the things he does. But we do try. We don't get everything right. We get lots of things wrong. But we do try very much to do things the right way. So people can say that that's – obviously other clubs don't do it as well as that because for him to text me, he must have had a few bad experiences. But, um, no, we we do try and look after people. And it all costs money. And ten years ago, we couldn't afford to do it. And five years, we could only afford to do a little bit more. And now we can afford to do a little bit more now. Yes. Um, and as time goes on, I'm sure we'll do more still. But uh, yeah, we 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 try our best to do that, and it's obviously working because this year was our second largest crowds ever, even going back to the early 90s. Um, we were only only beaten by one year. That's incredible. interesting, cause... Incredible <laughs> gates this year, incredible. I don't I don't know how people afford to do it because. Um, we have special deals on tickets and. I saw some lot- nights you're doing like eight quid tickets. And well, that's five something. quid. They're oh, not even eight quid. They're, they are eight quid. But we charge a fiver. But then the arena got in bed with Ticketmaster, who do oh, all the. of course. And Ticketmaster have the fees and the arena fees. So it costs eight. But we get a fiver off that. Um, they were the games. Do you remember when we used to play some games in our Sheffield? Yeah. Um, but really, we wanted to play all our games in the arena. But a Wednesday night against Dundee, in the arena, we'd lose our shirts. So, the arena and Tony did a deal where we could play in the arena. We do it at a reduced fee. There'd be different scales, and away it went. And if you like, we've used those six or seven discount games as our marketing games to try and get people over the doorstep for the first time and then from them. And that's why we sell so many replica shirts, t shirts. It's, it's why I love t shirts. smart. <laughs> yeah, it's like so. Our merchandising is good. You know, our 50-50, our shirts off the back raffle, our programs—we we hard sell them, and um, we make our money perhaps in different areas.
1: The 50-50 has always been notoriously good in Sheffield. What have you had? Uh, what have you had is your biggest pot this year? It was about ten grand on Boxing or
0: something. Fucking yeah. with it. Go to the hockey, sink a few pints, go go away, ten grand richer. You know what? I tell you, every year it's the same. We have thirty odd games a year. Two or three times a year, somebody will win that. If it's their first game. And they take on three. Yeah. Because we average that's <laughs> three grand a game or something like that. And uh, they do, but what that started, if you remember, when Paul Reagan left, there was no season ticket money. So Tony took it over with 1500 whatever season ticket holders who'd paid their season tickets, but Tony hadn't got any of the money, so we had to honor free tickets. Oh, so we, had to, we, we, we sat down one day and he goes to Mike O'Connor, you've got to sell another two suites and you've got to make me X pound a game extra. You've got to do this. You've got, what are you going to do? I'll tell you what you can do. You can stand in the car park and you can flog some 50-50s and let's see if we can get that 200 pounds up to 500. And that'd be nice if we we'd make an extra 300 quid a game. Yeah. First game, we got it to 600, second to eight, third to a thousand. And, you know what it's like. It's nice taking cash off somebody. It's a great feeling. Yeah, and I also thought it was perfect for me. I could go if I did it. I'd find a group of volunteers that would do it. If they could see me grafting, they would do it. And then in between the periods, I do the same. I do me announcing. As soon as the end of the first period, Steelers lead two-one. See you later, folks. And then I'm off running around the arena flogging tickets. And it's gone terrifically well. But also, what it does, it it connects you. If there's a little problem brewing, they'll tell you. They know where to find you. No. Hey, I to tell you People walking up and down the steps yeah. in time to sit down or, or, oh, my God, box office is terrible tonight. What's going on? You hear these things that you don't hear when you're 300 foot up in the air.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so it's been good financially. It's been good to keep our ears on the ground and connected with people. That's it a, was also like it's pride. A good business. It's a good business.
1: You know pride, business model.
0: The Pride Weekend um We did the Pride weekend, and is, is this going to be a good thing, a bad thing? You know, is it going to be commercial? Is it going to work? Is it this, that, and the other? And then when we met the day after we always have our debrief, I went, oh my God, I saw new faces that I'd never seen. We are very, very happy to announce
1: that Hurricane E-Bikes are now our title sponsor for 4,000 account in podcast. Hurricane E-Bikes are the subscription pay-as-you-go e-bike service. You can swap them out anytime, change them. You get at spare tires. You don't have to be locked into so a long-term deal. They come out. They service your bikes. They That even includes like wear and tear. You get a lifetime warranty with one of the Hurricane e-bikes, which is amazing. They start from as little as £1.85 per day. Includes a lock as well. Like The website's very good. If you head over to hurricane.bike, so that is h u r r e c a n e dot bike. You'll be able to go onto the website, how it works. You select your bike, you then add your accessories if you want helmets, locks, etc. Confirm your details, and as simple as that, it will be on its way to you. They have a few options available. They have a few different color options available. They have the Freedom 400 step through. They have the Freedom 410 hybrid. The Freedom 420 hybrid. Uh, then they've got some some really cool looking F220 fat bikes. They're awesome. They've got that in black. They've got that in purple. They've got their H250 cruiser bike. Again, looks really, really cool. And then this one's, these are, these are my favorite ones. I'm guessing these are probably going to be the most expensive ones, but my favorite ones. The M250 mountain bike pedal assist levels five so if you've got bad knees or bad back but you still want to get out on your bike that is the way to do it you've got the m350 mountain bike that's for off-roading any of you guys that want girls want to get out in the hills out in the mountains down the paths get involved in some fun stuff that is also pedal assist five so helps anybody that's got injuries and even if you're not injured You just want to get out, you want to zip around, have some fun. I've rode these bikes at the Ozone Tournament. They are great fun. And finally, you have the RS8 e-bike Off-Road. That comes in like a matte black. Absolutely cool. Lifetime warranty for all bikes, for your LCD screens, for your batteries, for your motor, all the components. No expensive bills come in later on. Put everything together. No servicing costs. No need to buy no interest costs no long term agreement no maintenance costs no worries lifetime warranty so head to hurricane e-bikes and check out our new sponsor
0: and now we go huge on the pride the last two or three prides we went huge on it and we do it throughout the year um because i i i know the faces i walk down the steps i know who stood on the left. i don't know their names i know every face in that building and then all of a sudden you start seeing new faces, and then those new faces have got a replica shirt on, Then then those faces have got a hat on, and then you're in Coventry and you see one of them new faces go into an away game, and you're building a brand and you're building a fan base and you're building a safe place to come. Autistic kids. I always thought autism didn't like loud noises, didn't like flashing lights. Um, and to most people, autism was that Dustin Hoffman film, Rain Man. Yeah, that that was my only connection with autism. I am telling you, there is a humongous amount of autistic kids in our audience, and some of them you recognise them because they've got the headphones on, the sound yeah. out. We've got an incredible. So now we've hooked up with Rotherham's Autistic Society, and just, if I said hundreds to, to you, I'm not exaggerating oh, the hundreds of ex- autistic kids. So there's a connection there. So then you think, okay, we've we, and it's a safe place where everybody can can come, and um, it's a lovely building, fabulous home for us. And we've managed even in these difficult times to send the there's the um, the attendances through the roof, which has been good. It was one of the things that I had written down. Like not didn't write any questions. I just wrote some bullet
1: points down. Not that I've looked at them, but it was the attendances. Not only the Steelers, the league as a whole,
0: over a million people threw the ball last year. That's got to be good for business. got to be. It's got to be. And you know what? They all do work hard. They do work hard. That Dundee club works hard. You know, when, when Omar was there, he you know, he turned it around and he got it working with the Ward brothers there. They, they work hard. Todd Kelman and his staff work We're hard. Yeah, that lady in that office, she frightens me,
1: and um, <laughs> but she
0: works hard. Yeah. And, yeah, um, but and that they do, and, and Belfast, Belfast are lucky because Belfast have got obviously the infrastructure with the charity and the staffing levels that they've got there. They work hard. It's no, it's no secret when you played, hard work pays off. Yeah, of course. On the ice, off the ice, it pays off. If might you want to see some of the volunteers we have. And that they're coming from work, they're greased up, they're still in the work scare, and they grab a satchel and they flag programs, flag tickets, they graft, old fashioned graft. And and they do well. And then good things happen to those good people who who do those good things. And um yeah, no, no. I think all the all the there's a couple of clubs you 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 would love them just to set a fire under the backside by bit flyers
1: and- by any Maybe, they, they can't have nine hundred people in simsey on a fucking elite league game. You can't. Five, five, you can't. Five have
0: it. is now. Five is an easy one to look at, and, and maybe they've they've sat on the laurels a little bit, and maybe because they own their own facility and they they just expect folks to come up. It's a different, it's a different game there. But yeah, five will be a club. I think Coventry stagnated a little bit in yeah in low times. numbers. Low numbers there. But, but they've they've done well on the crowd base, but Danny can't do everything. And he's, he's, he's a top old bean, Danny. Um, but, yeah, but I'm sure I'm not criticising Fife and Coventry, but they're two clubs that you think, oh, I'm sure. I don't see a lot from them going on. Right. There may be more than, than we see. Um, but I'm sure they would, if they were on your podcast, be going, oh, bloody Sheffield, don't do this, or Sheffield, don't do that. So nobody's perfect, and we can all learn off each other um that's something i took away from the todd kelman interview and i interviewed killer on here he
1: was like oh so we stole we do not stole but i think it was maybe dundee or five they went up there and they had always done chuck a puck at the end of the first period and then he's up in dundee one night or five wherever it is and they do it after the second period why do you do that That's an extra 20 minutes That's an extra whole period that you could sell
0: pucks even if you only sell an extra 50 bucks. There's an extra 50 quid in the pot. Like, Nobody has a novel idea anymore. We all steal and adapt. Yeah. We all steal and adapt. And he um, said about,
1: they're talking about it though, with the, then go to that club and they go, yeah, go, yeah, you do that. like It's going to help our game. It's going to help a league. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. You have a, you have a good structure within the elite league. Now the 10 teams are all quite well established. Everyone kind of knows what direction they're going in. The, the league as a whole has got a lot better since you know the days of the sadly the, sadly the days of the enforcers gone bring back Vial, bring back Mike Ware. Um but, but unfortunately but like the league's so you, and
0: I, you and I would 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 love that. But unfortunately life has changed, hasn't it? It's not just hockey. It's it's across the board. Um I saw the amount of parents I saw Carry their kit bags out of I, their kids' mm. kit bags out of Ice Shefford on on Saturday, and you think you got to say something? You think, What's the point? I'm, I'm gonna fl- look, dude, I'm like, got
1: to flip around the ear,
0: mate. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say. I bet you, Jonathan Phillips's kids carry their own kit bags. Oh, you know they, you know, know it, they carry their oh, own kit. Dad's, Dad's carrying, carrying that. So it, it, it has, it has changed, and it's like I'm 57 now. So years ago, I was not the same age as some of the players, but I was roughly in their age bracket when it all started. So you could have similar conversations. I walk in there now. I'm older than their dads. Yeah. So, but the, you know what it's like. The married players, the older players, they look to the young players to bring the stories every morning. Of course, yeah. Keeps, keeps the room loose. Exactly. You look at the young players now, they were in bed at nine o'clock with a milkshake. Yeah. And you don't go out. Don't don't get laid. Don't get the
1: <laughs> No,
0: do yeah. You know. Oh yeah, we went to Manchester. You know, they they go to the football maybe, or they'll uh, they'll do that. And oh yeah, we've been to the um, National Trust place. <laughs> we, we, we've been a bit different. Like, You're thinking, crikey, come on, yeah. So, but but the life has changed, and uh, us olders, of course, we find it hard to adapt to this new way of life. But uh, yeah, old school, uh, old school up versus up. new school. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, no one's cancelled me yet, so keep, keep I've it going.
0: They've
1: tried me a few times. Oh, mate, yeah, you just, again, go back to Smithy's fucking rhino skin, mate. I've got it in spades. It. Yeah. it is what it is. Going uh, going into like Sheffield, obviously, you've got yourself and the Dogs, two ice hockey teams. You have Wednesday, you have United, two football teams. You then have the Institute of Sport amongst hundreds of other massive sports in Rotherham, Sheffield,
0: Rotherham, Barnsley, yeah. Doncaster. What's the
1: relationship with? Uh, do you have any sort of relationships with the football clubs or anything like that, where you can send the guys a for a day out?
0: A little bit with United. Tony has a relationship with some of the people who work at Sheffield United, but not real partnerships as such. No,
1: no. Just, not not, just sort of, not, thought it's always not nice not for the boys. Partnerships. The, nice for the boys to get a free day out every now and again.
0: Oh, they go Man City. Oh, okay. Mark Thomas, well, you remember Neil Russell. He used to He's yep. got to Everton now, mind you. Um, he used to look after the boys, uh, the Thomas family. Unfortunately, Mark's grandfather, Tudor, a lovely bloke, passed away. He was the president of Man City, and the boys would go there. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. did well, not know
0: that. You should get Mark Thomas on, actually. He's, By uh, the way,
1: him winning your 50-50 is still my favourite story. Great
0: story. Great right.
1: story. Because um, what people, uh, I think what you said last time, what people don't realise, these boys still buy tickets every week. We used to do it. The 50-50 sellers in like Swindon, Bates, like their first port of call was in the dressing room when we're still drinking our coffee and our sweats would be, and we'd buy 50-50s every week. And it's nice when a player text, wins.
0: I got a text message. Maybe Ben O'Connor. We've just stopped at the services to get cash. see <laughs> <for laughs> you in half an hour. We want the both. And, and they lined up, pretty much the whole team lined up. And I'm just peeling, money, peeling them up. Um, and, of course, on Boxing Day, Nottingham players get money out on Boxing Day. Our boys, some of our boys do it every week. Some of them don't. Um, but, yeah, the good story with Mark was that when he won it, the one of the equipment guys had got his ticket, and we were three goals up against Nottingham five minutes to go. Taps Mark on the shoulder and says, you've won the 50-50. And he's like, honestly, I won it, won it, won it. Dave Matsos was the coach, sends him out, gets scored on. Comes back next year, he goes out, gets scored. Tomo was all over the place. <laughs> um, you just sit there for the rest of the game, Tomo. Yeah, really yeah, and uh, but yeah, he won all that money. What well, he's another great guy, yeah, like a year or two years later. I forget which it was. His best mate from Manchester, he finished playing then. Mark came and he bought 20 quid worth of tickets on Boxing Day for him, 20 quid for his best mate. Photographed the tickets for his best mate. Text message, WhatsApped up uh, up to his mate, and uh, it was a double roll over something. His mate won nearly fifteen grand. Yeah, so twice. So, in three so if you years, ever if you ever go
1: to Sheffield, Mark let someone buy your tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Let someone yeah.
0: buy your tickets. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got the hot
1: hand. Yeah, great guy. Obviously, really, really sad what happened to his wife, and yeah. it's nice to see him kind of like building his life again. And keeps playing for I think yeah, keeps playing,
0: playing play- on the at <laughs> the moment. And yeah, it's good, brilliant. Yeah, he's a top top. Top bloke. Well, you know his parents and then his grandparents and they always used to come and uh come some real good stock, real good stock. You talk about good guys, Ben O'Connor, a
1: good friend of mine. He got some fucking stick from the from the Sheffield lot well throughout this year. And when he left there, I thought it was quite unfair. And I sometimes don't think these fans realize what side the fucking bread's buttered on sometimes. They don't quite get it. I think
0: they forget their own. I think sometimes fans forget their own lives, and players are—they're just doing a different job. Yeah. I mean, I've known Benny since he was five or six. I know his dad. His dad's one of my best mates, and Benny and I are good. And um, yeah, you know what? Benny couldn't come to terms with Sheffield. Aaron, Tony, Benny—difference of opinion. Off you go, Benny. That—that's his. I mean, the garden just out there. I, I can remember that I did over ten thousand steps up and down my garden. It's not a very big garden. Trying to persuade Benny to take the deal that we'd uh, given him didn't work. Um, and Benny decided to to go his different route. That's fine. Then Benny has his other issues, you know, down the line, and well, social media just makes him horrible and and, and stuff yeah, like that. So it, it, it's nasty stuff. And but uh, well, Benny's a good lad. He was at the uh, Dowdy's testimonial, and he's in the middle of things, and he's we'll Benny's. I, I got to be honest. If you walk into a room and Benny's happy, there's no better place in the world to be. If Benny's sad, there's oh, it's not <laughs> going to be a good place. And um, the last few times I've met, seen Benny again, Benny seems to have got his sparkle back. And um, when he walks into a dressing room, or when you meet him outside, or whatever, and and he's a he's a he's a good lad. I, you know, and we all we all love him. He's he's, he's a good boy.
1: Yeah, I just. I think fans forget sometimes that so these are these are actual human beings as well, and
0: they do they do when forget. they're
1: going on and like trying to air their private life all over social media and they're getting involved in things that are away from the ring. They need to learn their place. This is this is a uh, this is real guys here that you're talking about, and and they're so, making
0: millions of pounds. Here. Nobody, there's no. nobody in our sport getting rich. No, there's a few people making a reasonable living, not a good living, a reasonable living. For 32 weeks of the year. Not 52, for 32 weeks of the year. Or 33 or 34, whatever it turns out to be. Um, but nobody's getting super rich here. There's no Beckhamites. I mean, it's David Longstaff, not Sean Longstaff. You know, it's, it's that <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's, great it's analogy. That, that's a
1: great analogy. Yeah, it,
0: for those that don't know,
1: new to the game, Lobby, British legend, arguably top three of all time. funniest man his, God has
0: put on the planet.
1: His son plays for Newcastle, you know. So, <laughs> We're talking money scales of.
0: I think the most we ever paid David Longstaff was £750 a week, and he's a dollar. Yeah. There you go. His boy probably got that when he was 15, playing for the under 16s
1: at <laughs> Newcastle. Oh, so it is what it is. He's probably got 60, it 70
0: bags a week now, like ripping yeah. up a Premier League. Yeah. Do you notice every time Newcastle lose, he isn't playing. They lost last yeah, night, he wasn't playing. They a had run a 15 to 16 games, and Sean was playing in them all. Yeah. So it's. I think the new manager likes Sean, which is good. Sean's a good lad. Yeah, and they're, Matty. they're both good lads. They yeah. Said, they always said that Matty was going to be the one. They thought Matty was going to be the the better one. Uh, I thought he scores that wonder goal against Manchester United on Match of the Day. Alan he Shearer does. waxing lyricals, which was brilliant. Um, and then uh, I think he got injured, and then he, he got funneled out to a couple of clubs he on loan. To come on, didn't he? Uh, in Scotland on loan, played I for think. Nigel Clough, didn't he? Where uh, for for a year.
1: Of oh, you, asking that, um, wrong person
0: wherever, yeah, was it Burn or Macclesfield or something like that? He uh, he played there for a little but bit. Yeah, I had some we...
1: stories. Nigel Clark, god about that guy had some stories for days.
0: Yeah. Be a good guy to get on, wouldn't
1: it? Oh, can you imagine?
0: What yeah. uh, what have you found with the league? Obviously,
1: there's we've talked about it on this podcast. I kind of think the way the Challenge Cup is is a bit dead. I, I get why they do it that way, and I would love. I know Todd won't go for it. I would love to see it switched to playoff series, obviously. Playoff series, as opposed to aggregate, I think completely changes things. I would love to see the Challenge Cup being done more of a playoff weekend, get that done nice and early in, say, November, December, and then have a pop-up playoff series, three games, five games. It was interesting to ask for your perspective, obviously, because you know the arena, you know how much it costs, and you know how much it
0: costs to potentially have it sat there it empty. Costs, it costs circa a million quid to run the league, OK? Yeah. So... Whatever system you come up with, you've got to have that kind of money at the end of it to run the league. Um, And, of course, the player final weekend pays a lot of that. I turn to my old mate again, Paul Thompson, and that what you've just said is exactly what they do in Denmark. okay. So what they do, their first – so say they play three on three away. Their first home and first away counts – twice they count in the league standings and they count in this little other competition standing the first, the top four teams um then play a, a player finals weekend but they play it in january yeah and that's what they do and then at the end of the year they play their best of seven series i would quarter. love that here we all would love it yeah unfortunately it just i I think how it raises money for the league is a tough one, but B there are certain clubs that just couldn't do it. Uh, the Belfast travel, um, how you would book flights at short notice, the costings, um, and every time it's brought up, trust me, around the table there's there's been very bright people trying to find solutions to the Challenge Cup issue. And listen, if you've got a Challenge Cup solution. The league will take it on board because we've thought of everything, and it has to benefit all the clubs. Yeah. And is is
1: this is the ta- is the fear then that would it say switch to a Challenge Cup weekend as opposed to the playoff weekend that it wouldn't be as well attended, say in but, December January time as it would be in April.
0: I don't think it would be as well attended. though. it wouldn't be an end of season. I think we're all pretty convinced on that. It's more so what you do with the Challenge Cup games because the groupings all and they do give Belfast an advantage. Um we all accept that. Belfast accept that. Um but those geographical groups keep Dundee, Glasgow, Fife. That they're money games.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, they're not travel games, they're money games. And remember, we've got to keep all these teams solvent, solvent. And um, we've got to make sure that they all invest in their product, which they do. Um, so why does Dundee want to be travelling to a Challenge Cup round rubbing game against Guildford when it could be going to five?
1: Yeah. Is, their crowds financially, financially, it's a lot better, better off, isn't it? it?
0: It is. Unfortunately, all this boils down to money. Um, yeah, because who's in
1: your group? Manchester So that's a, that's probably So, you, quite so a yeah, game. you
0: want to tell You want to tell Ryan Finner That instead of playing Two games against Nottingham And two games against Sheffield He's now got to play One against Dundee One against Fife One against Belfast Yeah, got to travel to Belfast as well, Ryan, And one against Cardiff Doesn't, make,
1: his, doesn't make the numbers add up, does it?
0: Doesn't make his numbers add up And that's what we've got to do We've got to make it add up For all the clubs um, so we all accept, don't think anybody around the elite league table thinks, well, this challenge cup, we've got this now, what a great idea this is. They don't. They don't for a, they don't for a second. In fact, Todd brought a new format to the table at our last or last but one board meeting, and it suited half a dozen clubs. It didn't suit some of the others. It doesn't I think you have to get seven votes to get it passed? But on something I think as serious as that, we probably want it almost unanimous. And, and that's the, that is like important. That to, yeah. got to pay the bills you've been involved in this sport long enough that you've you've heard the rumor that fred smith at such and such a club hasn't had his money this week you you know i've had
1: it i had it in bracknell yeah you you boys aren't getting paid this week yeah oh oh, okay
0: (laughs) i was in Solihull. we used to run around beg stealing borrowing that's how we got we, we, we got through it i've been at that situation in sheffield before with different owners and you're thinking oh jesus You know, when's the last time you heard of a league player not being paid? Never. No, they get the money. They get the money. And when we're talking to players these days now about, you know, some of them are coming out of check and they haven't got the last month's pay. Um, How many guys have come out of that club in Ljubljana um, in January, February, and they've missed the last month's pay? Um, So I... uh, the reason you don't have that trouble in the elite league is because everything is geared to bums on seats and it is geared to the attractive games. Do Sheffield and Nottingham play against each other too many times, probably. Um, but tell the accountant that.
1: Yeah, the accountant He's
0: doesn't give a <laughs> no, People go, all people go, oh, the rivalry is not what it used to be. Well, no rivalry is what it used to be. No rivalries, but I'm telling you, we're seven and a half, eight thousand people every time Nottingham turn up. They're sold out. As horrible a season as they had, I'm telling you, even at their worst, there there weren't many seats in their building on any night when we turned up in there. Um, And that's what pays the bills. Dundee play Fife pays the bills. Fife play Dundee. Five play Glasgow. Those games very important.
1: They are because it,
0: it brings said, the highest
1: attendances.
0: Yeah, the mighty Sheffield, we might think, whoa, the mighty Sheffield Steelers going to Dundee. But Jimmy McTavish in Dundee is not asked about the Sheffield Steelers in much rather wait till next week and Fife or Glasgow or somebody else come down there, which of course is where the the biggest change in our sport finances in, in the last few years has been webcasting.
1: Yeah, fantastic.
0: Because, because now... There might only be 150 people from Sheffield that go to Dundee, but there might be 500 people watching it on the webcast.
1: 15 quid a pot, it adds up.
0: 15 quid a pot, it adds up. It, it's significant money now. Significant, significant money is well, made. It's,
1: it's probably, and if it can continue to grow, we talk about, you know, trying to get 500 quid with a 50-50, trying to get 600 quid. Well, maybe now it's trying to get a grand on a webcast, try to get 1,500 quid, try to get two grand. And if you're doing that every week... At the end of the season, that's a tidy little, tidy little number after twenty-eight games, twenty-nine games. Can, whatever it is. Those
0: numbers you can you can double and triple those numbers you just mentioned for well, every on every game. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, that, so, it's proper, so now it's proper money, which is good because we all need income pots. Because again, Solio when I started, Sheffield when we started, we had one income pot. It was called "How many people came to the door?" Yeah. That was, it. and you've got to have income pots. And I remember Tony was saying that we've got to just have just income pots all the way around. So our merchandise in our online shop, our 50-50, our shirts off the back raffle. People go, Oh, bloody old chef, well, they've got another shirt. Yeah, that other shirt. And we've got 20 prizes on our shirt raffle tonight. And we'll make double what we would have normally made. And then you've got the suites. So we we've, we've tried to create income pots and, and lots of other clubs do it exactly the same way. And webcasting is 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 one of those ways.
1: It's it's that's interesting that we get to this, obviously. I was I was gonna come round to it at some point, but you've obviously been there. You've done the TV gig, you've been there when it was in the pump on Sky Sports. It's now moved across to Via Play. I thought they did a great job on the Elite League playoff weekend on the well they did a
0: great job on the England, the, the British show, not the English.
1: Yeah. yeah. And on the, I don't and know on the Murphy remembers
0: all them names. Because I did it for a long time and I did it in our league, and it was easy, it's kind of easy in our league. But then when you go and do the uh, the international games, now I thought I thought him and Paul did a good job on that. They um, did a very good job.
1: Would you Would you think it'd be beneficial to get? Remember when you boys had like the, the weekly roundup? Do you think it'd be beneficial to get something like that going again?
0: Well, I was very lucky. I just did it with Anna Woolhouse, so I was happy.
1: Yeah, happy days. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, Worst ways to spend a couple of hours.
0: Just, oh, <laughs> every year, we I mean, we get the countdown: ten, nine, eight, and I just. Oh, you smell good tonight, haven't oh, go. a... And you know what? One she smashed eye, it, hasn't she? Hasn't she? Brilliant. And you couldn't be more pleased with her because I was just going to say, one of the nicest people. I, I couldn't say about, I worked with her five years, couldn't tell you, never had a crossword with her. So nice, so respectful, really good, very professional. And I remember when we knew the Sky Gig had, had, had finished and we went and picked our gear up in one of the trucks and I gave her a hug. And I said, well, I'm going back to flogging houses in Birmingham. I says, but you make sure you smash it. And holy mackerel, I she that. Good luck to her. I, I follow her Instagram and I tune into the boxing. And when I say I'm as proud as punch that I was there at the start for her because she's a wonderful kid. Wonder- oh, well, kid, she's a grown woman. She's a lovely lady. But all those no, people at the video who did it, uh, I mean, there was a guy there called uh, James Mitchell who uh, was terrific with me and, and it, it was great. To your point, would a highlight show? I mean, the big difference now is all the clubs are so good at getting their highlights out. Yeah. I mean, you you within a 24 hours of a game ending, you've got edited highlights, multi-camera positions. Look at the 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 I mean, we're very lucky in Sheffield. So I, I use that as a caveat, but Dave Burnham and, and Vision Mix get all our stuff out. And it's like it, it's better than the TV companies, Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's incredible stuff. Um, so people know. But where no to... one's
1: finding it by accident. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, no. if I if I'm watching, I don't know Man U, Arsenal on one channel and it gets to half-time and I'm having a little fucking fuck flicking about. Cool. Yeah. Nice What's I'm, this all I'm, about? Sure
0: play, I'm sure replay. I'm sure replay could do that. You know, Aaron's a. You know, he's a clever enough bloke. He knows how to to do that. And I know our league wouldn't have any objections to to that. So I know the league and replay are talking about lots of things at the moment. So let's see what comes up.
1: Well, we, we talk about like the way it is now with well, Gundy Stars TV. or will use them for example. I thought when they announced Kyle Haas last year and the video they put together and the music and the theater and everything, but two and a half, three minute clip, and you're like, I cannot wait to see this named, guy
0: play. Who was the guy they announced this week coming back? Um, oh, um, so many, many, many years ago, I go. They, I, I, saw the video last only a few days ago. And it was you in the kilt, wasn't it? Yeah, me in the kilt. So we go up, and Steve Ward's had a bet with me that I won't wear a kilt on Sky, so I'll put the kilt on, and we do the show in the kilt and do lots of things. And one of the things was there was half a dozen kids from their juniors, and so I give it the old. And, you know, these lads have been playing. They've just beaten Edinburgh today, 5-1, well-done boys, and they want to be Dundee stars. And when we come back after the break... It is the Dundee Stars versus. I think the it's Chris
1: Inglis, isn't it? He's a He's Dundee. Oh, yeah.
0: right. And And uh, and then they put that video out, and he was one of the kids. How cool is that? I think that was such a
1: good cool. idea, by the way. Right. And it's thinking outside the box. We talk about the IHA and Ice of the UK being here. Stuff like that is. This is over here.
0: Listen, you were at the player finals. Dundee Stars weren't at the player finals, but Dundee Stars TV were at the player finals, and that 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 shows to me that them blokes are trying they were so i said earlier clubs that worked hard dundee every single department of dundee's trying it's working it's trying to do something you you have to tip your hat to them you go to that rink it's full um and they do a, they do a terrific job i gotta be honest have you ever heard of dundee webcast yeah the two guys there they do it in a very different way and i think a lot of fans absolutely love it it's not commentary They're just talking about anything and everything. Just shooting the shit, yeah. They're just shooting the shit. And it is quite humorous. It's not my cup of tea. It's not what I would choose to do. But lots of people tune in, and I bet you that Dundee Stars webcast is one of the most profitable in the entire league. And credit to them guys for for doing it that way. Um, Yeah, but no, no, I think Dundee Stars, all the clubs should look at Dundee, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. Help each each other. None
0: of those are in because they should say, hold on a second, don't they finish in bottom two every year? But yet they're still increasing their crowds. How are they doing that? Well, they're making it a better experience for fans to go to. They're promoting it so there's more people that know it's happening. And it's a great night when you you get there. You know, only one team can win. So the other teams have got to make sure that they put a good show on. That's what we try and do in Sheffield.
1: The the ice product in Sheffield... Obviously, we talked about this on the start. Over the years, victorious winners was winning titles. Slowed down a little bit over the past maybe five six seasons. What's going to be? What's going to be the difference for the On Ice product next year that we're going to see? That's going to lead you back to the promised land.
0: I'll tell you Wednesday when we speak to Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope I hope he's got some ideas. Hey, it won't be through lack of trying. It won't be through lack of hard work um, from him from everybody at the club to try and. You know, our job is to make sure Aaron has the tools to do his job and that um, if he finds somebody, we can accommodate them. Um, so hopefully he'll – I'm sure there'll be a big turnaround of players because in Sheffield, unfortunately, if if you lose two years running three trophies, then you, um, you, you're not going to be hanging around a lot. So you could, there's going to be a turnover. I think there'll be a pretty big turnover in Sheffield and we'll – try and rebuild again and 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 just try and work hard to to ensure that next year when you and I speak we, we have got a trophy in the shot.
1: There's going to be guys that, uh I imagine probably already signed but Dowd Jones your British guy yeah, no, no Dowd
0: he's signed Jones is signed Brandon Whistle signed so uh, yep. those three Brits have those three Brits have signed. We announced Greenfield of course and there's there's a couple of three other guys that uh, I think have got pen to paper. Or very we,
1: close. We talked about like your apprentice program. Alex Graham, obviously doing big things with the Steel Dogs last year, stepped up. Um, played played a good amount of games for you guys as well. With with the league changing, no, we all like, no, we, yeah, all like
0: Alex. We, we 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 want Alex to be a. We want Alex to be there. We want Alex to, We want Alex's photograph to be on the bus. Yeah, we want Alex to be on the bus stop. We want Alex's. You know, he's Sheffield own. He's one of our own, all that stuff that comes with it. God no. We we want him part of it. We want um, him in. We've we got,
1: we got to get guys like that. So the, the national team are going to have some guys. They, they've got to come from somewhere.
0: Yeah. They've got to come from somewhere. I mean, we get into, we're, I'm surprised we've gone for an hour and we haven't gone 14 imports, 15 imports. Well, we'll get to but, that in a minute. But whether it's one import or 21 imports, um, there is a, there has to be a pathway from that six-year-old to the 26-year-old pro. And there has, there has to be that. Um, there's enough Brits playing in our league to give whoever the coach of the national team is enough Brits to choose from in all positions. That was the same last year. It was this year, and it will be the same next year and the year after that. Of that, um, We are finding it as a league, and, again, I say we as a league because in Sheffield, if we really want somebody, we can kind of go out and get them. You know, it's Sheffield, it's the Steelers, it's the arena, it's the rah-rah, we can can find our our contingent of British players. But lots of other clubs find it very difficult to bring in. You and I have had this discussion many a time about the part-time play and a, and a full-time job. You mentioned, I think it was Glasgow or Bray who offered you a job and it was easier no. for you, to, or it was better for you financially yeah. to be your personal trainer through the day and play hockey at weekends and make your money there. And the same still applies today. I mean, why is Kieran Brown in that league? He should know. not be in that league. I don't know. And, um, and the other have... thing is, well, let me tell nobody you. knows. Nobody knows. Well, it's, there's two things. One, to bring him into our league, it would be ridiculously expensive.
1: It's going to be now, yeah.
0: Ridicul- ridiculously expensive because he's paid so well and where he is. And I do think, and I loved Kieran, and to, all the kids that came through, Kieran, uh, Cole, uh, Liam, oh, there was another ladder defenseman who went to Leeds as well, and then Alex. Um, I thought that <laughs> Brown, Kieran Brown was the best one of all of them, and I include Kirk in that at the level they were when they came to us, because he had a bit of spunk about him. He had a little oh, bit of Oh, he does still. Yeah. yeah. And and I thought, God, he's going to be the one. He's going to be the one who's going to be the next Dowder. He's going to be one that's... He still uh, might
1: be. He's still in 22.
0: You never know. You never know. I do think he quite enjoys the big fish small pond. I think he does enjoy that.
1: So uh, we had him on here um just before the playoff finals weekend and Coventry, so three or four weeks back. Yeah. We talked about his time <laughs> with the Steelers and it, He's like never shutting the door on that, and I, I said to him like, "If the Elite League's not really an option, would you go to Europe?" And he's like, "Yeah, I would. Could we, could we maybe see him bypass the Elite League and go out to Europe?" No, next because year? there's
0: not a team in Europe that's going to take him as an import player from the second league in Britain. Do you don't think? not think? No. No. What, what no, if he's in? A, no. What if
1: he cements his place in the national team? Obviously, he got called up this year. If he gets Listen, called up again, he's in not
0: the, gonna, it's not going to happen because. The countries that would be looking at him would be not paying him the kind of money that he would yeah, – he he's not going to go to Italy. He's not going to go to Italy too. He had the chance to go to Italy too a year or so ago. He um He's not going to go that. So he's either going to be a perennial, a career, in IHL player um, or – He's gonna come, come across and I I hope he comes across. I'd love to see him in Shefford. I, I liked him. I I, got, I thought he was a bit of fun. I thought I thought he was the closest thing to old school. The the lad I feel for the most is Shudra. Because I don't know if you've I don't know if you've ever done one of these with Cole. What a no, top I haven't. Lead. Ah top lad. It top lad. comes from good stuff. Oh, I love his old, love his old Ronnie. man. Ronnie's dad, he's, His dad, his his mum, Debbie's, he's off the charts. Um in every way, um, terrific. And Cole perhaps wasn't as he, well, he, he wasn't as good as Kieran, he wasn't as good as Liam, but he wanted it, he wanted it, and he tried so bloody hard. Um, he you know, coaches played him up front, coaches played him at the back. We sent him to Milton Keynes when they had that terrible year and there, nobody was getting paid. He could have come back to us, he could have he stuck it out. When COVID struck, he was the first British player I knew that found himself, never went to us to find a job. He found himself somewhere to go and play in Sweden. He wanted it. And I I tip my hat because I I do say a lot of the younger British players coming through haven't got that screw you attitude, haven't got that what it takes to get to that top level. Cole Schroeder, one million percent had. And he, he tried everything, but he just didn't. He didn't work for young Cole, uh, which was which was a crying which was a crying shame. Well, but he ripped
1: Brown that big a new one this year. Say again? Cole had like one hundred
0: and seven points. He ripped it or a new one this year. Yeah, so, so no, brilliant, which is brilliant. And uh, nobody was more pleased. Nobody was more. And everybody in Sheffield, if you speak to the ownership, the coaches, the players, the fans, and you say the name Cole, Shooter, say good kid, great kid. Top lad, do anything you want, polite, um, help Andy with the bags, do whatever you wanted him to do, he would do it. You, um, you couldn't meet a better, better kid than him. And uh, I would imagine his girlfriend's parents must be thrilled.
1: Yeah, he's that a good lad, their, me.
0: Daughter, their daughter has uh, found a bloke like him because he's a top lad.
1: You boys have signed Brandon Whistle. Obviously, we've had Brandon on the show a couple of times. Great lad, but he came to you she- came to Sheffield. Didn't quite, didn't quite go the, the way he expected. He went down to Telford, went across to Leeds, came back to Sheffield this year, and boy, did he perform well! And mm. got called up to the national team. Sadly, injury put put, put pay to that. Mm. Are we likely to see the likes of Shudra and Brown do something similar, whether it be with Sheffield or with someone else? Wouldn't that be lovely?
0: Wouldn't well, that yeah, be, that'd lovely? be great? Uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be lovely? And nobody and the clubs, this myth, you know, that the elite league clubs don't want indigenous, proper British players is just that it's a myth. Um, think about it. Why, why would a club want to fly a Canadian in, house a Canadian, pay all the visa costs for a Canadian? Why would they want to do that when they could get little Johnny from down in Rotherham? There must be a reason. Think about it. There must be a reason. And Unfortunately, one of the biggest reasons is there's, there isn't a little Johnny Dan in yeah. Um, And you couldn't I – mean, I mean, Leeds are in the fortunate position they're They're having a terrific time at the moment. They're selling the building out. They've obviously got a or too. They can pay their players well. Good luck to them, all strength to them, um, to do that. But until my own view – this is just my view now. I've gone off tangent. Until the mother club owns the second club – and also owns the third club, you are not going to get that development where in that NIHL. So if I if I went and my six numbers come up tomorrow and I went and bought the Solid or Barons and put them in the NIHL, I'd want to win. Yeah, so I'd be trying to get the best players. And then I'd be signing 40-year-old blokes. I'd be signing Jono. I'd be, you know, you know, Weaver played to whatever age. You know, Huey are. Yeah. You'd be be signing guys like that, you know, the young lad from Coventry that's just gone uh, to Milton Venus. Um, You'd be doing that. But the reality is that that ain't helping development. But if I owned the Birmingham Bulldogs playing out of the NEC in front of 6,000 people. Yeah. And then I owned the Sully or Barons playing out of Sully or Rink. It wouldn't matter to me if Sully or Barons won, lost or whatever, but I got the best kids developing, the best kids developing. Yeah. And if they were being beat some nights badly, but they were developing. And then... then come they come up to the big club when you need exactly. them. Exactly. You, you, I I only see it working that way, and I, I, I don't know how many clubs could actually do that um but I, I nobody would be happier for me i I would I'd be a very happy man if one day I go and for the Sheffield Steelers wearing number whatever welcome home Kieran yeah,
1: yeah i'd, I'd
0: love I'd, I'd i'd love that hey and if it was Cole shooter I'd love it even more no disrespect Kieran because obviously I've got the relationship with his his mum and dad for so long it would be great for Cole to to do it or one of the other shooters maybe you know there's yeah
1: there's yeah there's, 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 a
0: a there's, there's old trail of them
1: coming yeah, I know, and uh, he started making his way into the National League. Uh, we've kept you quite a while here, but so I wanted to just t- touch on a couple of final points. Obviously, we haven't got into the important numbers yet, but it looks like it's going to be 15. Is that a good move? I've, I've kind of played devil's advocate on this. Was, I always, we, I always were honestly, happy,
0: we were happy if it was going to come down to 13. We were happy at 14. We were happy at 15. It yeah. doesn't really affect a club like ours, um, if you're just looking at the Sheffield.
1: Who does but, it affect at most ends, Simsy? Is it easier for, say... And I'm just going to pull these names. So let's say Dundee, Manchester Pike. Is it easier for them to say sign a 15th import than it is a 7th Brit financially? Yeah. Because you guys could. You could just go out and sign another Brit and chuck. I don't know how yeah, much, much answer, it costs. No, and yeah,
0: you exactly, do that. exactly right. Um, I can fully understand where the clubs that really wanted the 15 are coming from. When they, they were making their argument, I could fully understand it. Um, as a very patriotic Brexit British Englishman, um, you do feel eh, it's the wrong thing to do. But actually, for the business of the clubs and for the business of the league, it was the right thing to do. And there's still enough room for kids to come through. If Graham's good enough, Graham makes it. Yeah. If Brown's good enough, Brown makes it. Yeah. It like, I've said this. I've the said the this, young, mate. The, the, if the they're young, good enough, young there's a way. Up, young lad from Milton Keynes just gone to Belfast. Surely,
1: Norris, good player.
0: Um, yeah, you know. So, hey, get your head down, some work hard, and you'll you'll make it. Yeah.
1: The the extra import for me, I I don't mind it. I get it. I I think obviously, let's just let's just run it down. So we lost Jono, Tet- Tetlow's in Europe, Oli Bettridge in Europe, Paulini's in Europe.
0: betridge and Tetlow will both come back to Nottingham. they yeah, they might out. do. Yeah, but oh, the point no, the point they is, guys lie- are like guys are now like looking outside. Yeah. And
1: they, that's an extra Brit spot. You don't just replace, yeah. you, you yeah, don't just no. replace these guys that you, you, like we touched more on. you can't, you can't replace
0: Jono. For, more power for those guys testing themselves overseas. And, uh, and the two you just mentioned, fair play to them. They stuck it out the whole season. Wherein the Bass guys have come home halfway through the year, but they, uh, they, they stuck it out and you have to, you have to tip your hat to them for, uh, for, do, for doing that.
1: It can be hard. We spoke to Dowdy about it here. Obviously, hey, he was he was in a he was in the COVID year, so it's even worse. But there's a lot of time away from your family and yeah, away yeah, from Daly your kids, right. and yeah. all all these types of things that I know. Techno and Betridge don't have kids, but some of the some of the senior Brits will have kids, and to right. take to take those moves, it, it takes
0: a lot of courage and it takes a lot of balls. And everybody, everybody's very happy to blame everybody else. Like every, we're the easy target, the elite league easy target. And you know, at the elite league level, we're saying, Well, where are these kids coming from? Mm. And you look down to the league below, and we blame the league below. We say, Well, there's no kids coming through that league because they're full of older guys and different guys there. And then they're saying, Well, actually, there's no 16, 18-year-olds coming up who want to commit to us. So everybody's got somebody else to blame. So until there's a joining of the dots, it's going to continue as the way it is. Right,
1: well, one more which, final. Which question. isn't what Sorry.
0: either of us want to see, and we no. want to see down the line. Huh? Um
1: I'll tell one you is- a quick
0: story? Can I tell you a yeah, quick story? Yeah, I love a story. Um, I forget. When I know what's was coming on here and we did this and I was noticed, I text Tom out um, for the club's name because I, I can never remember the club and he hasn't come back to me. Paul and I had a very good friend called Gunnar Svensson um, and he was the youngest ever coach in the SHL in Malmo. Um, He became a manager, then he became an agent. Um, He was the agent for some of the huge Swedes that played in Detroit around the world. And he was a... A very, very well-connected man. And for some reason, he liked these two scraggy-ass Brits that he found in Solihull many, many years ago. And he became a very good friend of ours. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. But a couple of times a year, Paul and I would go to Sweden and we'd visit clubs. And he Gunnar had set everything up. He'd drive us around himself and he'd, he'd, we'd visit these clubs. And, of course, Paul would soak up all the information off the coaches that wasn't what i was there for me i'd be looking to see what the clubs were doing to sell to attract tickets and i was soaking information up from other ways and we walked into this one rink one day and it was a corridor and imagine a corridor and you can see one door facing you right at the end of the corridor and you can see half a dozen doors on your left hand side and this guy was so proud of this corridor. And I'm thinking, what the fuck are you proud of the corridor? Let's get to the rink. Let me see the rink. And he goes, no, but this is the pathway. This door here on the left is where all the under 10s change. The next door is where the 12s have their stores. Next day the 14s, the 16s, the 18s, the 20s. And that door that faces you, that's the SHL team. That's Lexington or somebody like that. That's, that's, that's the SHL. He says, so every time a 10-year-old walks in, He looks up and he can see the pathway it takes to get to the big dressing room where the big players are. And it's funny. That's just stayed with me forever. That's the proper pathway that the 10-year-old has got to know how how to get to the SHL team. Or that scraggy ass little kid from Doncaster or Rotherham or Barnsley or Sheffield has got to know, what's my pathway to become a Sheffield Steeler? Or a Leeds Knight, or a whoever you, you you determine you want to come. As long as it's not a Nottingham Panther, it's okay. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a Nottingham Panther.
1: The, the final thing I wanted to touch on is obviously Great Britain. We've just been promoted. Brilliant. back yeah. Back to the top table. Obviously, Brilliant. you've got good relationships with a lot of those boys. How proud are you of those fellas? They, they went out and got the job done.
0: Unbelievable. And and certainly for Jana, but also... And and then you look at your own boys. I know how much it means to that. If you knew the injuries that daddy has been... Taken into that tournament and what he played with with us for the last month, I'm surprised he could walk, let alone play. Um, obviously, for John, I broke his wrist two weeks, two games before. Um, I was pleased for Sam, disappointed for Brandon, um, but then all of them, you know, Bouncy, what a tournament, Ben. Had. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, they they all did. There's a few too many Canadians in it for me, but I can see why it's there. Um, as I say, Brexit what, would be, what would be your magic? What would be your magic Sarah. number then? zero but I'm but but I know yeah, I'm, over, I agree. I'm over, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm over nationalistic I'm a as I say I'm a pro Brit brexit voting you know by British type bloke and I can understand why the Evan Moses, the old Brendan Connollys. I yep. can understand why, you know, Ben Lake, I can understand why those players are there. And, um, and as long as they buy in and commit. but as long as you just don't have a whole team of them. Um, yeah. I would like
1: to see like go back to like the early nineties where there's fucking 18 imports and two bricks, like Tony, Handley, 18 imports, imports and Tony and lobby. Like,
0: yeah, and watching Britain play Canada, and Rick Ferrer stood on the blue line when the Canadian national anthem, and he's got his hand on his arm. You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> by the but, way, you talk about strange cats. I yeah. played with Ferrer but, when I was 14. He's up there with the strangest strange. cats of all,
0: yeah. all. Did you see? Oh, we, had, we had his brother, we had Rick Ferrer, and then we had Frank Ferrer, who was the coach. Oh, weird couple, weird couple of guys. God knows whatever happens. You, you find players from the past, don't you, on Facebook or something now? But the Ferris disappeared. It's like they never existed.
1: I reckon they living in the woods and, and listen,
0: if I was the if I was the general manager of Great Britain, I fully understand why you have the dual nationals, and you're trying to get because they're interested in the the doodles and the only way you get the doodles is by being in in pool A. So they will. Uh, but I, I I do think as well, there's a big those players need to be a bit better treated, certainly in their other tournaments that they do. I mean, they just turn up and play nowadays, and there has to be a responsibility for the governing body to the, to those to those individuals. Well, you, I know you, how you, much the boys get, got paid. You're getting, you're, getting, you're getting all this kudos off those lads right now. The incredible work that, you know, Andy Bookson does a terrific job there making them like that. You know, the coaching staff there, fair play to them. Um but yeah, if you, there's some stories there that are just horrible stories that you you um they, they need to be better, better not so much even better paid, just better treated. Yes, better paid would be very nice. Of course it would, but, yeah. but just making sure that, that everything was in order. We touched on, you know, insurances and different things um earlier, making sure that everybody's just looked after right. And if you're in Paulay, there's enough money to do that. Yeah. And I understand that if you're not in Paul, eh, there's not enough money to do that. And you've got to Rob Peter to pay Paul and to do all those, those other things. And it looks like a beautiful swan on top of the water, but underneath the water, there's a lot of kicking and splashing around that that's, that's going on there.
1: Do you think, do you, obviously we talk about webcasts and the, the finances they make. Do you think GB dropped a bollock by not having those four friendly games on like YouTube or a free to air platform because it would have then led into more people getting involved and supporting the national team. Because I know a lot of hockey fans, I would probably say 85% of hockey fans I know couldn't give a toss about the national team.
0: And we need to do something to change that. I think that's changing. Well, like I had four years with the national team when Tomo was coach and I did the media for them. And the very first year we (laughs) went, we were invited to the uh, GB Supporters Club dinner. And we were all, one of us was put on a different table. And the table I was on, there wasn't one single fan that watched one single club game. They only went with GB. And back in those days, 15 years ago, I think the vast majority of people, it was their holiday. We're going to Slovenia this year. We're going to Belarus. I still
1: know people who do that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Where I do think now, you find that the vast majority of people that will go to Czech, you know, next year, um, they'll all be they'll be not just elite league fans, but they'll be they'll be hockey fans there. I don't know about free to air putting it on uh, free to air YouTube because I think people wouldn't go and and every penny that comes into you know I'm sure Andy French and Andy Buxton have got to top the bills up at the end of the day and make it pay. And with all those people in the uh, NIC in Nottingham, I'm sure I'm sure there wasn't vast profits there, you know, because it's a hell of a tournament to to put on and pay for.
1: Oh no, absolutely! I understand they've they've got to make the bills paid, but we go back maybe, to the, the short sightedness.
0: Or maybe next year in a pool eight, you know, they're getting a, they're getting a bigger fee coming in to start off with, so maybe they could do something like that because they're starting in a better position. But yeah, I can understand why they didn't do that. No, yeah. right,
1: Simzy, this has been awesome. I Good. look forward to the next time that we do this, okay. guys and girls that are watching along. If you haven't already, please do subscribe. If you are. Coming back Well thanks for coming back Don't forget Saturday the 5th of August Our next charity game Down in Slough Tickets are available At Ticketlab.co.uk Forward slash 4000 and count And buy your tickets now We're going to support A couple of fantastic charities Simsy Legend Thank you very much Appreciate I'm your time too, Tim. Everyone else guys Peace Thank you
0: On a gathering storm Comes a tall handsome man In a dusty black coat With a red right hand